0: I listen to actually every show on Max MaxFun. You could say relentless positivity. Um, that's probably a good way of putting it. They're always looking at things in the way I'd like the world to be looked at. Hi, I'm David.
1: And I'm Lindsay.
0: And we donate to MaximumFun.org.
1: Probably My Brother, My Brother and Me was the first full episode I listened to.
0: Yeah, Mbim Bam was a pretty great way to start her off because those McElroys are charming.
1: Listen to people, be friends. Best thing. I'm super excited about Throwing Shade and it's so funny and it's so charming.
0: Yeah, honestly, I feel like every every year Max Fun adds new
2: shows and every year I step up my donation to make sure that more shows can join.
1: Yeah, I think it's really easy to support people who make fantastic things.
0: I get a ridiculous amount of entertainment from Max Fun every month and it doesn't cost me a lot. Support Maximum Fun today. Just visit maximumfun.org/donate. Thank you. Hello and welcome to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. The United States and Great Britain, two countries, they say, divided by a common language, sharing words that sound the same but have a subtle difference in meaning. In America, for instance, the word pants means trousers, whereas in the U.K., pants means underwear. Likewise, in America, fanny is a childish word, meaning rear end. But in the UK, it's a childish word, meaning a lady's tuppany bob. So close and yet so far apart. So then, how do we bridge this gap between our cultures? How do we build a symbolic middle ground, a landing strip, a gooch or taint, if you will, to connect our nations, our two fannies? In lighthearted competition. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the perineum of panel games. It's international waters. <laughs> be moderating this contest from my luxury recording yacht, which is currently moored in the politically neutral Chocolate River from Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. In fact, if you listen closely, you might just be able to hear a fat German kid falling in the river and becoming a parable for dietary moderation or, or something like that. Shh,
3: listen. Please, I beg you, Augustine! <coughs> I am the boy! My chocolate!
0: Let's get things started. So playing for the nation that's currently in the midst of its second bout of Ben Affleck mania. Former Simpsons writer, the man who played the summer George on Seinfeld, stand-up comedian, host of the hit podcast, The Dana Gould Hour. Mr. Dana Gould, how are you, Dana? Hi, Jesse, how are you? I am happy to have you here on the program, also representing the nation that will take a side of ranch dressing with that. A stand-up comedian who, oddly, also has a hit podcast called The Dork Forest, Miss Jackie Cation. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I am
4: great, and uh, I hope you are well as well, Jesse Thorne.
0: Uh, Take a sip of that coffee. Let's get
4: things kicked
3: (laughs) the F off. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Jackie Cation has a glass of coffee that she's sipping from demurely.
3: Might I ask one question? Yeah. Did you say the word gooch?
0: Yeah, I said gooch.
3: (laughs) I've never encountered that one. Yeah, well, I find that somewhat shocking.
0: I think we can, I think we can sort of interpolate what it means from the other words that surrounded it. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm right there. It's just always nice to add one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you could have really tightened that whole up by saying America and Britain, like Falcons and Romulans, and I think everyone would have gotten. It. Yeah, <laughs> who do we get to be? Romulans you
4: guys are now you're
0: pandering to the podcast audience you (laughs) too.
4: that's all that's all I do so thank god
0: (laughs) meanwhile playing for her newly adopted nation in our London studio an Irish comedian who starred in her own TV show and recently published her first book of comic essays Maeve Higgins hi Maeve how are you
2: hi I'm really good I hope that you can understand what I'm saying
0: Oh no, you sound you sound gorgeous. I was just watching your television oh, show on the internet. Hey. I enjoyed it very much.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. i sound... <laughs> oh I'm blushing. I don't know if you can. Howard can. It, See, I'm I blushing.
0: She's bl- she's blushing. I'm
2: yes. so red. I'm burning up. <laughs>
0: I didn't say I enjoyed it. I just I just watched it. <laughs> Also playing for the country that is willing to put naked breasts in its newspapers, but is never willing to put the milk in the cup before the tea. A comedian who rarely appears without his six-year-old cartoon sidekick. It's the writer and star of the BBC's Little Howard's Big Question, Howard Reed. Hi, Howard. Hello there. How are you? I think we can assume that your six-year-old cartoon sidekick is here. He's just silent. He's in our hearts. Yeah. (laughs) He's, uh, He's tied up in the corner. (laughs) Thanks for being here, everybody. He's in our gooch. (laughs) Let's
3: get started. Ah, In our gooch. You don't have to go looking for Jesus. He's in your gooch.
4: I'm never Googling
2: that. (laughs) I'm going to call my first kid gooch. It's such a cute name. (laughs) And I don't even know if it's going to be a girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start the show with a little pop culture warm-up that we like to call, What's the Story? I'll be asking our panelists questions about a variety of recent cultural events, and they'll be awarded two points for correct answers and one point for any incorrect answers that amuse me. Now, since buzzers would scare the Oompa Loompas while they're trying to, I guess, murder children... I'll ask each team to choose a buzz in word that best represents the values of their nation. Gooch, gooch,
4: gooch. gooch. Ah, can ours gooch. be gooch? Dana. Only because I don't know what it means. Gooch.
0: <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I think I created a ringtone. Go ahead. Jackie, I guess yours can be gooch if Dana's on board. He looks a little circumspect.
4: <laughs> Are you um,
0: circumspect? Uh, well, I was, uh, yes, of course.
3: Everyone in my family was circumspect. <laughs> but, uh, sure, let's uh, go with.
0: No. <laughs> I know it. Just, just. Uh,
3: just American. Just people that like cutting up their penis. <laughs>
0: hey, um, UK team, uh, the uh, the Americans will be buzzing uh, in with gooch. What word would you like to use to buzz in? Flange.
2: <laughs> oh, nice! Yeah, I thought. I hey, not flange. <laughs> flange okay. maybe not necessarily
5: happy with flange. Are, we, are you? Are you
2: <laughs> no, else? I think we should go. What I about think gee? they have lowered the tone. <laughs> 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 I think we should match our brash American counterparts. Okay. Flange is perfect.
5: Okay, yeah, we see your <laughs>
2: nice. gooch. Ironically, your
3: flange. <laughs> flange. <laughs> ironically, both associated with different kinds of plumbing. <laughs> 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 um, that's not ironic at all just just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you nothing ironic you about that not. the
0: UK team will be buzzing in with flange <laughs> the US team with gooch for the rest of the game and certainly none of us will get tired of the vulgar implications <laughs> I think of we'll either. be
2: piping up with them um, piping up with gooch, piping up with flange
0: <laughs> here's our first question <laughs> oh piping. god Maeve piping <laughs> President Obama recently tried to silence conservative critics by being photographed doing what?
3: Gooch, if I know it,
0: right? United States? Uh, shooting a rifle. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Shooting Skeet right. for two points. Now that he's appeased the gun lobby, he'll appease America's dogs by taking a picture of himself smashing one of those scary, scary vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think that after the skeet shooting controversy happened, uh that in the Obama White House, uh President Obama was just going around to different aides, going like Hey, did you see that picture of me shooting skeet? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Can anybody see where they uh, airbrushed my head onto that dude shooting skeet?
0: (laughs) And no matter what the conversation is, Obama closes it with a wink and. Skeet skeet skeet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's our next question.
3: Skeet sounds like something that would also fit in the gooch. Yes. Uh, yeah. Flange. The, yeah. the gooch page of the thesaurus. <laughs> that is I'm an calling awesome f-
0: thesaurus you're I'm have, using by the, the word Dana. skeet,
3: by the way.
4: Yeah. That's what I'm gonna call it.
0: Get that skeet off your gooch, I can't see anything.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> David Beckham recently posted a sexy picture of himself to advertise his new line of what? Flange,
5: UK.
2: <laughs> the answer. He's, flan. he's got a new branded flange um, that he's
5: bringing out for the plumbing community. The Beckham flange. <laughs> I've People no idea. said what? he would never
2: sell out, but he did it. No, yeah, he, he, yeah
5: he, he took the plumbing pound.
0: <laughs> that's incorrect. I'll, I'll give you a point for it, though. U.S., have you got a guess here? I have a guess that it's some sort of manly scent. Uh, that's close. Ooh. It's actually underpants. Uh, which bear Humanity a certain manly been. scent? Well, they do at <laughs> the end of a long, hard day of manly of day. activities. Sure.
2: You
4: talking? We, pants. Call them, we call
2: them under trousers. Under
0: trousers, I was going to say. <laughs> um, he's actually not the only athlete to get into the underwear business. Of course, Michael Jordan, <laughs> Bjorn Borg has his own line of underpants. Believe it or not, so does former Yankees pitcher Tommy John and Super Bowl star Ray Lewis. Recently announced a line of underwear that promises to. This is from the literature. Keep your junk secure while you're allegedly committing murder. Oh, interesting. So, Does
4: Chris that. Brown have some that'll punch you right in the face when you, when you put
0: it on? <laughs> 90s rap phenomenon. Betty White. <laughs> Betty White also has uh, a <laughs> brand of underwear. They're very
4: up high. They're up
2: high. Jockey They're Wilson gray-nick.
5: also from um, uh, British listeners.
2: <laughs> 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 Don't forget about Nickers McGee. <laughs> she's, she's a hurdler. <laughs> if,
3: I don't want to alarm anyone, but I think I have some hurdler on my gooch.
2: <laughs> you better skate it off.
0: 90s rap phenomenon Vanilla Ice recently became the spokesman
2: Twice. For I mean, what? I mean, if you say 90s <laughs>
0: rap
3: phenomenon, you don't need to add Vanilla Ice. <laughs> right. We get it.
0: What if I had said Black Sheep or... Okay. There's only one. Uh, Maeve, it sounded like you rang in. What's your guess here?
2: <laughs> what Vanilla was the Ice? question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the question was, what is Vanilla Ice the spokesman for?
2: Oh, oh, I think Howard. Uh, Howard's going to take this one. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> okay. Uh,
5: Vanilla Ice is, is the spokesman <laughs> for um for uh, the, the okay. Ben and Jerry's.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. He's right there. I yeah. think we
0: get He's, some points. Yeah. That's absolutely. He, he is incorrect. over here anyway. Uh, incorrect. Gooch. Wow. Uh... Yeah. U.S. <laughs> you got one? I believe it's a brand of skateboard. No, that's incorrect as well. Believe it or not. Let me finish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, Vanilla Ice has his own line of chandeliers. You can buy a vanilla ice chandelier in a value pack, by the way, with Fred Durst Stop. Stop. brand caviar Glabberate. and Kid Rock brand sock garters. <laughs> Good
3: Lord.
0: I would have guessed classiest.
4: ice cube trays. I would have gone ice cube trays uh, mm-hmm. shaped like uh, yeah. X-Wings. Mm-hmm. Sure,
5: right. sure.
0: So, surely that's that's mainly um, ice cubes. Um. Yeah. See? See? The remains of which famous Englishman were found beneath Gooch. a parking Gooch. lot? Gooch. Oh, no. Wow, that was fast, U.S.
4: Now is the winter of our discontent. Richard III!
5: You're absolutely I I, correct. Did I, did I
4: quote the right play? Because I can't imagine.
5: No, no, you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I can't
3: imagine
4: I did. Wrong. No, I
5: think it was, but I'm just trying okay. to speak. Okay.
3: The, only, English, the yeah. only play the American education system allows us to quote accurately is The Odd Couple.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, and, Oscar, Oscar. Oscar. You didn't to be the fair, dishes. when
0: you say play, you mean teleplay because you're referring to the sitcom version. <laughs> there was a live
3: version of the odd
0: couple? When would they have done that? Um, you're absolutely correct. Believe it or not, found underneath a parking lot in Leicester in the U.K. were the remains of Richard III confirmed by DNA. Uh, the most photographed pile of dusty bones. Since that time that Renee Zellweger went to the beach. (laughs) Hey! Take that, Zellweger! I call her Squinty (laughs) McClintock. The most
3: photographed pile of dusty bones since the McCain campaign. Hey!
0: Boom! Okay, we got another question here. Which CGI sex symbols video game is getting a reboot in early March? What? Don't
5: all chime in at once.
0: (laughs) UK. Um, um,
5: t- t-
2: Nintendo or Ni- something like
5: nin- that. Nin-
2: um, <laughs> Name some computer games.
5: <laughs> yeah, Lara-, Lara Croft.
2: Yeah, You're absolutely correct.
5: Wow. wow.
4: Oh, Tomb Raider? Nintendo or Lara yeah, Croft. That,
0: was, Funny, well, that was the
3: only CGI... <laughs> Sex symbol
0: that there's I could think of, Pretty yes. much ever been. Castle
4: Wolfenstein had uh, you, you could you could um, turn all all the bad guys into not naked Nazi ladies. Just
0: because you were turned on by the zombie Nazis in Castle Wolfenstein does not mean that they were sex symbols. Oh, fair enough,
4: fair enough. Okay, that's between me and my gooch. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> there's very little between you and your gooch. <laughs> I'm going to give the UK uh, three points. Two points for getting uh-huh. the answer correct. And one points for the response, say Nintendo something or other.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. But the correct answer is
0: Lara Croft. Will America's nerds return to lusting after her despite her long absence? Or have they moved on to some weird Doctor Who sex thing? Funny uh, funny trivia question. Who yeah.
3: played Lara Croft's boyfriend in the first Tomb Raider movie?
0: I don't know. A Who young,
3: young no-one named Daniel Craig. Wow. That really? is funny.
0: That's probably mm-hmm. the funniest thing that's happened so far in this game. I'm Dana. Totally, I'm renting it now. It's a
3: Gooch Buster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> gooch Busters. Oh, that's there's a porn. <laughs> at the end of that first round, our two teams are tied at four oh. points oh. each. Oh. It's International Waters. I'm Jesse Thorne. Now we're going to play our patented music round, Bad Lyrics, Port of Call, New Orleans. Oof. Both the U.S. and the U.K. have rich pop music histories, and they've also both turned out their fair shares of crap. I'm going to be performing dramatic public radio host-style readings of some legendarily bad song lyrics, and the teams will get points for guessing the artist, the song title, and the song's country of origin. So teams buzz in if you recognize the lyrics and if nobody gets it from those we'll play you a bit of the actual song here we go with our first lyric the wild dogs cry out in the night as they grow restless longing for some solitary company i know i must do what's right sure fun. is uk
2: is that tony braxton don't break my heart <laughs> no that is fun. where your boyfriend gets killed on the motorbike you know. no.
5: I know it is no. It's, it's unbreak my heart. Oh, sorry, yeah, unbreak yeah. my heart. Thank that you very Thank answer. you so much. It
0: is unbreak nothing from the Tony Braxton oeuvre. <laughs> I will tell you. Um, I'll, I'll finish out this lyric, and then we'll hear a little bit of it. Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. <laughs> That <laughs> is
3: a that is a bukaki of mixed metaphor. <laughs> that,
0: let's take, that sounds like
3: some
4: toolbag descendants song. <laughs>
5: let's take a listen to
0: a little bit of the song and uh see if anyone can recognize it from that. Oh yeah. But
2: is it like who sings this?
3: <laughs>
0: it's it's <laughs> <flange>. uh UK. <laughs>
2: It happens to be our song. <laughs>
5: it is a beautiful moment. Is it? It's a long shot. Is it?
0: Toto, the rain in Africa. Yes, this song is yes. called Whoa! Africa. <laughs> do you know from? Do you know from which from which of our teams' respective territories it came? He's a. It's an American band, isn't he? He might be based over here, but he's an American lead singer.
2: He's an American band. He is an American Absolutely band. He's a one-man band. band. He, he has the whole thing strapped to his back.
0: That's good enough for three points. That was Toto's Africa from the United States of America. The premise of that song, by the way, was I actually looked this up in the lead singer's autobiography, quote, if a dumb white guy tried to write a song about Africa without ever having been there, unquote. Or also, oh, to, to a certain extent, <laughs> understanding how rhymes work. <laughs>
5: I think it was just a bet to try and get the word Kilimanjaro in a song. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. This is also
3: a guy that was trying to name his band and finally said, Yeah, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> so no to kill fist? No, No. Here's our next lyric. Toto's the one that's going to
0: get us laid, boys. <laughs> Here's our next lyric. If I was a sculptor, but... Then again, no. Oh, I know this. Or a man who makes potions Gooch. in a traveling Gooch. show. U.S. Gooch. Uh, uh.
3: Oh, I bl- um, that is, oh, I brain fart. I know the song. I can sing it. Sing the song. If I was a sculptor, but then again, no. Oh, oh. man potions in a travelling. Yeah, UK, UK. Uh, what it, have you got, is a Elton steal.
2: John?
5: Your song, oh, well, it's not,
2: Yes. it not that's not song, yeah. Your it's, song, uh,
5: yeah. your
0: song. Yeah, your song. Yeah, I'm it. sorry. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, do, you, uh, do you guys know where El- Elton John is from?
2: Elton John is sitting with us right now. <laughs> he's here. He's <laughs> on my lap. Elton, he's with his sitting baby. with us. <laughs> that's right. That's
0: right for three points.
5: There was a verse that got cut from the song um, um, that was if I was a mother of two, which is the least <laughs> least likely thing to happen. But it's it, the one that turned out to be true. Yeah.
3: Funny side note about Elton John. Uh, his head is now the only perfect sphere that exists outside of zero G.
0: <laughs> I'll give you a point for that. Here's your next lyric. Don't stop, never give up, hold your head high and reach the top. Oh, Let the world see what you have got. Bring it Flange. all back to you. UK. That is S Club 7, Don't Stop, Never yeah. Give Up. I'm a Paul that I know. That. that is correct. It is a song called Bring It All Back by S Club 7. So I'm going to Music give you is my
4: life. Have I mentioned
2: that?
0: One point for that. That's
2: why you've not um, heard that song. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't really count as music. <laughs>
0: This is uh, S Club 7, a phenomenon that Americans are completely unfamiliar with. Well done, America. So it's good that it was a
3: question.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Right. We should get three points for just being here.
0: Here's our next (laughs) lyric We give a damn about the drama that you do bring. I'm just trying to change the color on your mood ring. Reebok, baby, you need to drop some new things. Have you ever had shoes without
4: shoestrings? That speaks to me. It resonates. I'm not going to lie to you. It's Woody Guthrie. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> twain. <laughs> it's quite a Twain.
0: It's blind somebody. I'll I'll give the UK a point for Woody Guthrie. That was actually, that was actually from the Jay Z song "Run This Town." Oh, I going to say that. Oh, you always get those confused. That was a Kanye West, <laughs> a Kanye West lyric from that song. Doing, um, it, that song, that lyric, actually, for our American listeners, even worse in the UK, where "shoestrings" is not a word, but actually just sounds like something that was made up either by a very small child or a very poor quality rapper.
4: What do they? What do you guys call shoestrings? Laces. Che- you call them We shoelaces? call
0: them
5: cheese strings, which is really confusing. <laughs> uh, it is confusing. We're trying to that is confusing. Lunches, string cheese.
4: My Does cheese it mean they're all of off? <laughs>
2: it's so confusing. <laughs> uh, UK's getting punchy. My uh, cheese string smells like feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I wish I was Kanye West.
0: And at the end of that round, the U.S. leads the U.K. by a score of 15 to 13.
2: Very close. Oh, no. Who's winning? We are. Oh, they are. Oh, congratulations, assholes.
0: It's International Waters. I'm Jesse Thorne. Now's the time when we welcome a special guest to the show. This week, we're happy to have joining us down the line from New York City, Rebecca Dana. She's the author of the new memoir, Jiu-Jitsu Rabbi and the Godless Blonde. Hey, Rebecca, how's it going?
1: Hi, nice to be here. That is a tough title, isn't
0: it? I Hey, I I delivered it with a plum. I don't want anyone... Very
1: good, yeah. I was with someone yesterday who kept calling it Jiu-Jitsu Rabbit, which is, like, a whole different book.
0: <laughs> that is much easier to license, though. There's a lot more money... In selling Jiu-Jitsu Rabbit, than there is in selling Jujitsu Rabbi. He sounds
1: like a sex toy.
4: The Jujitsu Rabbit. I was thinking Cartoon Network. All right.
0: <laughs> so, why why, sure, why yeah. choose? <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca, I want I want to talk to you a little bit about the story of your book. It, it's largely about when you first move to New York City. So tell me where you moved from and when you moved there, in sort of. What you wanted out of moving to New York when you made the big move.
1: Well, I moved from Washington, D.C., but Washington is really only a blip in the book. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, actually in a small suburb to the north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was a pretty standard suburban I grew up on a cul-de-sac. I was an only child. I spent an enormous amount of time alone in my room as a kid, reading books and watching television shows and dreaming about the person I was going to be someday when I grew up and had a fabulous, exciting, glamorous life. So I arrived in New York in January of 2005 and just sort of set off headlong into um, to the media world here, into the fashion world, uh, determined to be very much like um, Nora Ephron or Carrie Bradshaw or Joan Didion or any of the women and, and men, frankly, that I worshipped as a kid.
0: So basically, you moved initially to New York out of a desire to be the kind of person who eats a lot of very expensive cupcakes.
1: Well, not a lot of them, because if you eat too many, you get fat, and that is not what I wanted to be. I would say more very expensive sushi or something, or wear very expensive heels. I know this this does not sound like a particularly honorable life goal, but I am hardly alone in dreaming about this um, as a kid. We were just bombarded, and we still are, and there's a lot of merit to it, um, the fantasy and the mythology of New York City and what it meant to be here and be successful here. And I was just bored as a kid. I just grew up bored and lonely in the suburbs. And so to me, that seemed like everything you could possibly want out of life. Cupcakes and sushi and high heels and fancy parties.
0: So did the cupcakes and sushi and high heels and fancy parties deliver?
1: Honestly, yeah. For a little (laughs) while, they did. Don't knock cupcakes, man. They are delicious. Um, I got here, and I did pretty well. I got great jobs that were exciting and glamorous, and I did all of the typical New York City things that you do when you're in your 20s and you're an idiot. Um, and then at a certain point, right around my 27th birthday, it all kind of came crashing down on me, or it, at least it felt like it was all coming crashing down on me. Okay, so what, was,
0: what was the big crash?
1: Um, I guess you could just say that it was, you know, 27 was the calamity. I, I, when it happened to me, I thought that no one had ever been so terribly wronged ever before. Um, You know, I, I broke up with a loser. I discovered that my job was unsatisfying. I had to leave my beautiful apartment. To me, in the moment of experiencing these things, it was a cataclysm. It was like no one had ever gone through anything so painful before. And then, of course, as the months ticked by and I worked on this book and just went on with my life, I realized um, what everybody else knows, which is that everybody goes through exactly the same thing at some point in their twenties. So the cataclysm was really the most banal thing in the world. I just suddenly (laughs) discovered that all the stuff that I'd worked really hard for and thought was really great actually wasn't so great.
0: See now here's the thing you say that everyone goes through this and to some extent, I think you may be right. However, I'm not entirely <laughs> certain that everyone ends up moving to Brooklyn and moving in with a disillusioned rabbi named Cosmo. Um, that is like the element oh, really? of you the story to- where you diverge from <laughs> everyone's late 20s experiences.
1: Like in New York, everybody goes through their rabbi thing. <laughs> um no, I it was not really a conscious decision. You know, I the I get occasional comparisons in the book to eat pray love. Um and for me, it was a little bit less glamorous than that. I felt like my life had fallen apart and so I had no money and I needed a place to live and I went on Craigslist and I took the first apartment I found that I could afford, which was a $650 a month room, in far west Brooklyn, in in the Crown Heights neighborhood, which is at the very end of the subway train that would bring me to work every day. So I went as far away as I possibly could while still being able to go to work in the
0: morning. Now, did the Craigslist listing say, affordable apartment contains disillusioned rabbi named Cosmo? <laughs>
1: That's exactly what it said. The
0: Disillusioned Rabbi is usually implied. It said it said <laughs> D R is- for Y W I L C or Disillusioned <laughs> Rabbi for Young Woman in Life Crisis. Rabbi May Settle During Transit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I turned up with you but the, the, the listing said it it said six hundred and fifty dollars kosher kitchen. And I went to look at the place, and I met the guy who was offering the room. I didn't really know anything about him. And he, like, obviously was Jewish, but I had no idea he was a rabbi. And I just took the apartment. I wasn't really in my right mind at all. I just needed a place to go. So it it wasn't until after I moved in, and he told me that I could throw out anything in the living room that I wanted, except I should ask him before I threw out the bookshelf, because somewhere in it was his rabbinical certificate. And I was like... What? You're a rabbi? (laughs) And so began our beautiful friendship. (laughs)
0: That's a current drink over here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that he was looking out for that certificate. He had his priorities in the right place. So so let me ask you this, Rebecca. How did this come to affect your life? I mean... Keeping a kosher kitchen, you know, I I guess you couldn't put sausage in your eggs in the morning or something. But um, what is the – I have a complicated – I have a deep and nuanced understanding of the kosher kitchen. There's milk in the scrambled eggs, by the way.
1: Pardon to Rabbi.
3: Um, By the way, putting sausage in your eggs in the morning is one of the delights of a long-term relationship.
0: Gooch! Gooch! (laughs) So, Rebecca, how, how did this affect your life that that you made this uh that you made this decision?
1: I went from living and working in Manhattan and blah 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 doing that typical thing that you do to living in what essentially in many ways is like an 18th century Russian shtetl and then going into work every night and still working for Tina Brown at the Daily Beast and so it became this crazy kind of double life that I started to live where um I would go in during the day to work in my high heels and and go to parties and and all of that. And then I would come home at night and I really got to know this world, this very traditional ultra-Orthodox Jewish community that I suddenly found myself living in the middle of.
0: What did you like most about living in that community?
1: Oh, God. I mean, at first I hated it. I was terrified of these people. I was really judgmental about them. I just assumed that all of the women were terribly oppressed and all of the men were horrible misogynists and everyone hated me and hated my short skirts and wanted me out of there. And I just felt so uncomfortable and freaked out by the place. But as Cosmo started introducing me to his friends and I started going to Shabbos dinners and I'm Jewish, but I've never been an observant Jew. I've never really been a believer at all. So uh, as I got to know these people and really discovered that like, Particularly the women who I got to know better were, many of them were incredibly lovely, warm, caring, smart, generous, you know.
4: You would get to know them better because you don't get to hang out with men at some of those events. You're just hanging out with women. (laughs) So you would get to know the women a lot better.
1: I'm not, I I hardly came to embrace every aspect of this culture and this lifestyle. It's certainly not for me. I mean, I am not Skyping you from the heart of
3: (laughs) Do all the women wear wigs?
1: A lot of them do. Yeah, Yeah, the. um, See, I can relate to
3: your story to that degree because I live very close to William Shatner.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever live on the incline in Pittsburgh? Did you ever? Did you ever take the incline? That's all I know about
1: Pittsburgh. I love the incline on top of Mount Washington. Oh, okay.
0: From here on out, we're just going to talk about Pittsburgh stuff. (laughs) How How about how about Steelers legend Lynn (laughs) Swann?
4: I don't know a lot about him. Is that a man? Mean Joe Green.
0: Yeah, we're just saying Pittsburgh things. Mario Lemieux. I went to the saddest
3: strip joint on earth in Pittsburgh one night. Really? What, um,
0: what makes it the saddest? Uh, the saddest I remember
2: you, Dana. I remember you. You didn't tip me. <laughs> <laughs> because there's I was just... dead behind the eyes, you said. There was, there's, something
3: about, there's something about a woman's eyes that says, hello, stranger and there's something about a woman's eyes that says i'm only doing this because my kid is sick
2: (laughs) yeah well bertie died i hope you're happy
3: (laughs) anybody who said a cat is the only animal that can sit on your lap and ignore you has never been to the spearmint rhino my friend
0: (laughs) rebecca as a thank you for coming on our show we're going to give you a special gift the gift of career advice our panel of show business experts is ready to pitch you some potential new projects. And whichever project you like best, that team will get 10 big fat points. United awesome. Kingdom, Rebecca has already been around the world as a journalist and uh, lived with a, a disillusioned rabbi who knows jiu-jitsu in the far reaches of Brooklyn. So she's got a lot of experience. What do you think should be the next phase of her career?
5: I know a bipolar imam who lives
0: in uh, Golden
5: Screen. Um,
4: <laughs> oh, that's a win. What do
5: you think of of, uh, of moving over here and and moving in with him? He's uh, he he has his up days and down days.
0: <laughs>
5: There's a book in it, I'm sure.
1: Interesting.
0: That's a that's a pretty solid a bipolar imam. That's a pretty <laughs> solid uh, that's a pretty solid suggestion. United States team. What do you think should be the next phase of Rebecca's career? You want to go? I like selling Tesla coils to the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching them about the wonders of electricity? Yeah.
3: <laughs> the terrifying wonders, The terrifying wonders of the
0: electricity. <laughs> I'm st- sure you're all familiar
3: with the Curse of Shandu. By
0: no... <laughs> No means should you start by teaching the Amish about like washing machines no, 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 no. or something that would be of utility. I want to
3: go right to naked, exposed current, uh-huh. <laughs> and then once they've mastered that, the theremin. <laughs>
0: there, like, <laughs> be something with lightning bolts.
4: That'd be the best music. I want you to become a black uh, gospel singer. <laughs>
0: Rebecca, it sounds like you've got three really solid can't miss choices here. You could try and sell Tesla coils to the Amish, become a black gospel singer, or you could move in in London, England with a bipolar imam. Which is your choice?
1: Oh, boy, they're all tempting. (laughs) Um I am going to go, I think, with Black Gospel Singer. I really, that one calls to me. <sighs> wow. So Mazeltov, whoever said that. It's Whoa. me. Mazel
0: Congratulations, tov. U.S. team. That is 10 points for you. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us. Rebecca Dana's new memoir, Jiu-Jitsu Rabbi and the Godless Blonde, is available to buy now. And a uh, word of warning, um, if you are reading it on an e-reader, the rest of the bus or train or airport or whatever will... Definitely just assume that you're reading porn. Yes. I mean, that's just the truth of reading anything on an e-reader. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Guys, thank you for having me. This was a blast.
0: And at the end of that round, the U.S. has the lead at a score of 25 to 13. It's International Waters. I'm Jesse Thorne. This is the round we've named after the Beach Boys single, Don't Worry Baby. We all know the stars love to give their children outrageous names. In fact, I recently read that one wacky set of parents named their kid Adolf Hitler. That was actually Adolf Hitler's parents. But the latest fad <laughs> is to name your child after a destination, maybe the place of conception or some place of spiritual importance, which is why Pat Robertson wants to call his next kid up the butt. The first question here for the U.K., UK, former vice presidential candidate and haunted clowness, Sarah Palin, that's her secondary title, her new title is Haunted Clowness, named her daughter for a place in the southwest of England. Is it A, Devon, B, Bristol, C, Monkey World in Dorset, or D, Wookie Hole? This is for the UK, this one.
5: Um, well, she, she's always been a fan of Star Wars, so it could be Wookie Hole. Um, uh, <laughs> I've forgotten what the what the options were. Devon, yeah,
0: Devon, Bristol, Monkey World in Dorset S- maybe? or Wookie Hole. Yeah.
5: Bristol has um, Cockney rhyming slang implications, um, which could be uh, awkward later in life. Oh, apples and pears. To, yeah, well, that's um...
2: Cockney rhyming slang.
5: Yes there's a lot of it we could we could go through all of it um, <laughs> um, I'd li- I'd like to think it was it was Monkey World Palin but uh,
2: yeah I'd, I'd, let's I'd... go with that yeah
0: we have Monkey World
5: Palin is this
2: legally binding like if we say what the name is is her name then going to become what we say it is
0: yeah that's my understanding of the game show laws that were <laughs> passed after the events portrayed in the film quiz show okay then we'll go we're with bending Monk reality Red. this is good yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you have bent reality. Unfortunately, in the Devon. time that you answered the question, Devon. The,
4: Devon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the correct answer is actually Bristol.
4: Good for you for not knowing that. Oh. oh. But d- d- Here's
5: d- a question. Bris- Here's Brist- Brist- a question. Sorry, Bristol. Sorry, Bristol. Bristol, Can anyone guess what the Cockney rhyming slang for Bristol is?
4: No, but I want to know. I want to know. Bristol
5: cities. Cities. Oh, there you oh. go. Yeah. Oh, so no. she, she is going to look like an idiot over here. Excellent, as opposed to here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come off like a regular Nobel Prize laureate. She's
3: among the finest we have.
0: (laughs) Here's a question for the U.S. Daylight-phobic, Africa-bothering pop star Bono named his daughter after which Elvis-centric spot? Was it A, Graceland, B, Blue Hawaii, C, Memphis, or D, Viva Las Vegas? Gooch. U.S., yeah. What was that?
3: He named her Grace after Graceland?
0: No, Memphis, that's incorrect. Memphis. The correct answer was Memphis. But Dana Gould's foolish boldness has lost you the point.
4: <laughs> uh, I was guessing because I thought, <laughs> who would name a kid Graceland? But then who would name a kid Memphis. Funny thing, Elvis
3: is buried in his own backyard. Who would
0: name Just his, like a
3: guinea pig. <laughs> Who
0: would name himself Bono is another question you could so ask is, yourself. So is
3: Nixon. Isn't Nixon buried in his own backyard like uh, a yes, dog? Yes, which is actually illegal uh, in, this, in uh, the city where he is buried. Even in death, he's breaking the law. <laughs> right, he is a crook.
0: He, it here's turns a question out. for the UK Velvet larynxed Daddy Bear, Alec Baldwin, and My Stepmother is an Alien Star, Kim Basinger, named their daughter What? A Ireland B Scotland C Welshy or D England Bert Humperdink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess the first one. Yeah, you
0: are correct. As an Irish person you had special insight into the name of Because
2: I live in, in her. I live in her, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: and it's, know, a it's a tiny population. It's a people are leaving all the time. There, that's a terrible. We thing. are, <sighs> we are. There's just no jobs in Ireland. Um, but I blame it on the Polish. <laughs> Ireland is so beautiful and so green. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland is magical.
0: Maeve, I need to ask you a quick Ireland question. M- yeah. My stepmother is Irish, and if there is one thing that upsets her more than anything else in the world, it is Irish Americans doing Irish stuff. Um, how do you as an Irish person feel about say people drinking green beer or marching in Ireland themed parades? Or any of the various other things that I bet Dana Gould's brothers and sisters may be doing right at this very moment. <laughs> yeah,
2: I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's totally fine. Like I don't ha- I don't um, I think to each his own. I mean, I'm just putting on this accent, you see. Uh, it's just <laughs> like my stick. <laughs> I'm an elderly Austrian man, so. <laughs> When it comes down to it, I'm not the best person to, I just do an Irish accent, but I'm I'm an old guy. Our
0: our next question is for the U.S. Hamster faced Christmas enhancer, Mariah Carey <laughs> named <laughs> named her twin babies for two things: the style of the restaurant where her husband proposed, and her favorite film star. So they are called a Chinese and Chaplin. B Hawaiian and Hepburn, C, Moroccan and Monroe, or D, French and Fassbender? <laughs> a. Chinese and Chaplin? Chinese That's carry? <laughs> Dana's saying C, Moroccan say and C. Monroe. She
3: would go to a Moroccan-themed restaurant.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I I think you're right. C. You're absolutely correct. The answer is C, Moroccan and Monroe. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Are you against the Monroe Doctrine? I'd be against the Monroe Doctrine. i not for
0: it. She's a giant fan of von Monroe. The movie Tarzan. <laughs> I knew it. And at the end of that round, the score is USA 27, UK 15.
3: That's only because there's more.
0: So, now we come to the final round, the winner of which will receive 1,000 points, making all the rounds up until now about as pointless as that bow and arrow guy in the Avengers. Sorry about that, Avengers fans. Take it back. This game is called In Defense. He's got really great arrows. (laughs) He's the
4: best arrows. It's a
0: broad variety of powerful arrows. And he can defuse
5: bombs as well. Is that another thing that he can do? He, he can defuse he's, he, he's the same guy in a different
0: <laughs> film. I'm, I'm big.
4: <laughs> it's okay.
0: I've only seen the uh, the American remake of the British television series, The Avengers. Yes. So I'm wondering where this bow and arrow guy enters <laughs> into it. He's the guy at in all. the bowler hat, isn't he? The one with oh, the oh, gotcha. Yeah. Duly noted. Um, this game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force in their nation that is widely considered to be bad weak, or even, dare I say it, sucky. The best offense, as judged by me, will receive the $1. Thousand points.
4: Best defense is a good offense. Kim Kardashian's a genius. Hold on. You haven't even told
0: you what to defend yet. <laughs> Best defense
4: is a good offense. Preemptive strike. Preemptive strike. UK.
0: <laughs> I, I appreciate your neoconservative ideals. <laughs> However, um, I'm going to go to the U.K. first since you guys are behind you will be defending the paparazzi press. These opportunistic tabloid photographers had the same attitude to Princess Diana that Lenny from Of Mice and Men had to mouse his heads. And still, they hang around London street corners and nightclubs, hoping to catch a cheeky upskirt shot or a hint of celebrity nipple. You Europeans, always classy. You've got 60 seconds. Defend the paparazzi.
2: Well, if we didn't have them, how would we get photos of celebrities? Am I right? Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, <laughs> uh, if,
5: if um, there wasn't the constant flash bulbs yeah. going off, there'd be no lights in England at all. It guides uh,
2: the planes with... down. <laughs> Do you want our planes to crash into the ground? Oh, I see.
5: It's like that, is it? Yeah. Trying, to, trying to take down the yeah, the yeah. competition by crashing planes into it. You.
0: Are you saying that you turned off the lights in London for World War II and never we, turned them back on? Well, yeah, no,
5: <laughs> the, the, the triple dip recession is really biting. And so now it's only um, scummy uh, European journalists taking um, flange shots up people's skirts that are lighting anything up at all. We're <laughs> sitting here completely shot. in the dark. Um, if the we were more famous, is... we'd be able to see stuff.
2: My life is empty without photographs of um, celebrities' children. Yes,
5: yeah, especially um, babies that, that have got th- those. There's a terrible disease yeah, that goes around. Um, yeah, with celebrities that with pixelated faces, their children have all got pixelated faces. It's horrific! It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, they, But they... it
2: makes you feel bad about your own children who have features. Yeah,
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's time. That's time. My own children
3: look like feet. <laughs> a, a spirited defence.
0: A spirited defense based on an apparent lack of electric lighting mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. United Kingdom, and uh, an epidemic of pixelated faces among celebrity children that really need someone to call attention to it.
5: All the images you, you guys see of the UK are, are, are years old. We're just we're just piping them down the line just to <laughs> just to keep up
0: face. United States, it's your job now to defend awards shows. Every yeah. year, the entertainment industry adds more and more overlong, self-congratulatory, nearly pointless awards ceremonies. Please, you have 60 seconds. Defend them.
4: I just say, if we didn't congratulate ourselves, who would? Who? The secret <laughs> is real. The secret is real.
0: Yeah, to that end, uh,
3: the expansion of the United States as a continent began under the theory of manifest destiny, that it was God's will <laughs> that we extend From the Atlantic to the Pacific.
0: Sure, Lewis and Clark, Sacagawea, the whole nine years. That has
3: been – the meaning of Manifest Destiny has been uh, over time reconfigured. It now means everybody gets a trophy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: And and in the way that repeated licks of a Tootsie Roll will get you to the Tootsie Center, the plethora of award shows leads us down to the hard candy nougat of the soul of America. The one (laughs) thing we do that brings us closer to God – children's beauty pageant
0: <laughs> that's time that's time oh hey guys by the way did you guys hear that we just got nominated for a blockbuster entertainment award
3: just this show
0: yeah
4: just, right. wow they're fast <laughs> <laughs> i uh my niece graduated from uh kindergarten it was pretty amazing that's uh, there's an award show yeah, yeah
0: absolutely and
3: the trophy for best clapping <laughs> what's that? I'm,
0: I'm hearing something in my ear what's that colin huh? You just found a Cable Ace Award for this show in a dumpster behind Arby's? (laughs) Fantastic. Well, we're award winners now. Mm, Uh, A spirited defense. Uh, I I have to say, I often like to overturn the lead with my somewhat arbitrary decision. I usually like to pick the team that's behind. And frankly, that team is usually the United Kingdom.
2: (laughs) Do it. However,
0: <laughs> however, I have been moved by Dana's historical references. Oh. We His didn't understand any of those.
2: No, near they were outdated. spiritual. They were <laughs> Most historical <laughs> references.
0: Out. His near spiritual defense of the award show, and so I have to say, the one thousand points, and with it, the victory goes to the United States. Congratulations, ah. guys! Thanks.
2: Waste of waste of my time.
0: <laughs> so, for this week at least, the United States is the best country in the whole wide world. Perhaps they can celebrate by thinking of some more weird stuff to add to hamburgers, so that they can charge fifteen dollars for one. Indeed, maybe I don't know seaweed.
3: Yeah, pineapple. Ooh. We've yeah, just pine tried nuts. horse
0: in the UK. Yeah. Didn't go down <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, Dana, May, <laughs> thank you so much for playing International Waters. You there with the headphones. Thank you for listening. Nice to meet you guys. Talk yes. to you next time. Love you. Bye. You've been listening to International Waters with me, Jesse Thorne, playing with Dana Gould, Jackie Cation, Maeve Higgins, and Howard Reed. Our special guest was Rebecca Dana. Her book, Jiu-Jitsu Rabbi and the Godless Blonde, is out now in shops and on internet. International Waters was engineered at Guilt-Free Post in the U.K. by Chris Morris and at Fun World Headquarters, Hollywood, California by Lindsay Pavlis. Uh, No, by Tom this time. Well, by a whole team of people. Tom the Intern, Lindsay Pavlis, Julia Smith, Nick White. The whole gang got in on this one. The script written by Jordan Morris and Sarah Morgan. Our producer, Colin Anderson. We'll talk to you next time on International Waters.